Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I used to be a park ranger at the Grand Canyon. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Onion for 20 years. I've seen some pretty strange things in my time out in the wilderness, but nothing compares to the horror I encountered deep in the woods one summer. I was called to investigate the case of a young girl who went missing while on a hike. Her family and friends searched for days, but they couldn't find a trace of her. As a seasoned ranger, I decided to take a look for myself. I ventured deep into the woods, following the trail of the missing girl. After several hours of searching, I stumbled upon a gruesome sight. The body of the young girl lay in front of me, torn apart and bloody. I couldn't believe my eyes. The girl's body was mauled by something, and from the looks of it, it was something inhuman. I knew that I had to investigate this. I followed the trail of footprints and blood, trying to find the monster that killed the girl. The trail led me deeper into the woods, until I reached a clearing. And there, I saw it. The creature was unlike anything I had ever seen before. It stood on two legs like a man, but it had the head of a goat. It was covered in fur, and it had razor-sharp claws and fangs. The creature's eyes locked onto mine, and it grinned. It let out a screech that chilled me to the bone. I was paralyzed with fear. I couldn't move or speak. The creature continued to grin at me, as if it knew something I didn't. It then turned around and fled into the woods. I couldn't believe what I had just seen. A part of me wanted to believe that I was hallucinating, but deep down I knew that the creature was real. I reported the incident to my superiors, but they didn't believe me. They thought I had lost my mind out in the wilderness. But I knew the truth. The creature, the goat man, was still out there, lurking in the woods. It was waiting for its next victim. 
I shared my tale with my friends around the campfire. I saw a fear in their eyes. The forest that was once a place of joy, now turned out to be a terrifying place. The goat man, it's still out there, and it's not done killing. I wanted to warn them to be careful, to not go too deep into the woods. But what's the use, some creatures can't be stopped. All we can do is pray that they don't cross our path. I've been working now as a ranger for roughly seven years. I can say that I generally love my career choice. However, sometimes you have to deal with things that are a little unorthodox. Besides that, it's a pretty normal career, and if you're an outdoorsy person like I am, it can be a lot of fun. Besides all of that, I'm going to tell you about a sighting I had back in the spring of 2015 of what I thought was a large humanoid reptilian creature. I had parked my work truck at the back of our visitor center parking lot, walking to the back of the lot to the edge of the woods. I noticed there was a small stream that was flowing down the hillside. I was going to see if I can get a closer look and possibly see some wildlife. It was about 10 PM, but it was a pretty dark, clear night. The moon was not up that night and the only light I had was from a very dim light from the back of the visitor center and for my flashlight. I stood there for a few moments beginning to play with my flashlight shining it randomly all throughout the woods. I looked down and saw that in the stream there was a flat rock that I could use to cross. As I was about halfway across, I heard wrestling of something large. The first thought that crossed my mind was a deer, so I froze and listened. The rustling began to get closer and closer and turned into a loud crash into the trees, and I had a distinct feeling that whatever it was was heading towards me. So I spun around and began to shine my light. There was nothing there, nothing that I could visibly see. I felt like I was being watched, like this thing was standing there just beyond the line of light, silently observing me. And at one point or another, I could see faintly glowing yellow eyes staring back at me with slits in them like a large lizard. Fear overtook my entire body, and I knew in that moment I had to get out of there now. Retreating back to the lot. I've only ever heard other stories of similar sightings from other park rangers in other states, so who knows. And maybe it wasn't a reptilian creature, maybe it was. Either way, it still really scared me. I just figured I'd wanted to share my encounter with you. My partner and I were bored one night while we were hanging out, so we decided to drive up the mountain in the middle of my town and spray paint one of the outlooks. This particular outlook has had teenagers spray painting it since the early 80s, and we thought it would be fun to be part of a kind of tradition. The mountain we were driving on had a watchtower that park rangers would watch for forest fires in. This tower hasn't had an actual watchman in it for decades. I've climbed it a couple times and the view from up there is gorgeous. Behind the watchtower was a little graveyard where watchmen that died on duty were buried. My partner and I get out look and hop out of the car. The sun had just gone down but you can see the silhouette of the watchtower looming in the distance through the dim light. I stared at it for a while, a feeling of dread building in my gut. I can't seem to look away from it until my partner touched my arm and I kind of snap out of it. Babe, are you okay? I shake my head a little bit, trying to shake the feeling of dread. Yeah, just a little sleepy. I'm alright. We spray paint a couple things on the mountain face like our names, and of course I painted a penis somewhere on there, and we decide to go back down and get something to eat. We get in the car, and my partner is looking out the window when they saw a tall thin figure on top of the cliff above us. They said it was a little taller than the trees, and when they looked at it, it ducked down and hid. I'm from Oklahoma, and was raised in a town primarily inhabited by full-blooded Cherokees. So I know that when you see something like that, you do not look for it, you do not talk about it, and you pretend it's not there. I hear them go, what the hell is that? I didn't see what they were looking at, but I could feel that sense of dread in my gut again. I can see them trying to get a closer look, so I pull them over by their arm and whisper, don't. I'm not a very serious person, 
so they understand that this is bad, and they immediately fall silent and stare straight forward. I turn on the car and I start driving us back down the mountain. I'm driving for a little while, holding my partner's hand, when I can feel a presence in the back seat behind me. I hear a growl, and feel breath on the back of my neck. I glance up for a second into the rear view mirror just as my headlights shine on a road sign, barely lighting up the back seat. Then I see him. There was something sitting in my back seat. It was human shaped. It was a kind of bruised reddish purple color, and the scars on its skin made it look almost like a burn victim. Its lips were gone leaving its bright yellowish teeth visible. It had no nose, and its eyes were sunken sockets with little glowing yellow orbs. I saw him for a split second, and tried not to gasp, but my grip on my partner's hand tightened. Are you okay? They asked me quietly. I didn't want to scare them, so I just said, yeah. Fine. We keep driving, and I didn't look in the rear view at all, but I knew he was still there. I could feel his raspy breath on the back of my neck. I was tense the whole time, but stayed as calm as I could. We get into town and drive under a street light, and I pluck up the courage to look back in the rear view. But he wasn't there. He was gone. I breathe a sigh of relief and relax. My partner notices, and relaxes too. We don't say anything the rest of the drive home. When we get to my house, we go to my room, and sit on my bed. I tell them about what I saw and watch as they turn ghostly white. That's exactly what I saw in the trees. My younger sister came home from work, and we told her what happened. That's when she reminded us that there's a graveyard up there by the watchtower. I've done a little research and there was a wildfire up there that killed a watchman, and they buried what was left of him in that graveyard. Apparently he's still up there, watching over the mountain. I've been up the mountain several times after this, and only saw him one more time while I was spray painting again. So every time I go up there, I make sure to be very respectful of the mountain, because I know that he's still up there, watching. In the vast wilderness mountains and deserts, there's bound to be things hidden that we're just unaware of. I can attest to this and would like to share my story. I'm a ranger at the Porcupine Mountain Wilderness State Park also known as the Porkies. Off the shores of Lake Superior, Michigan. It was recently ranked the best state park in the country. Even beating out parks in Hawaii. Its beauty is breathtaking. My favorite time of the year is fall, because of the fiery autumn colors. It's home the picturesque lakes and hiking trails and rivers and waterfalls even an abandoned mine in a ghost town. In the winter, the skiing is incredible. It's the biggest state park in Michigan and home to a lot of wildlife. Such as black bears, white-tailed deers, timber wolves and moose. But sometimes you hear stories of other more mysterious things that lurk in the Porkies. Believe it or not Lake Superior has its very own resident lake monster. Known as Pessy. And while I do have a story about that, I'll save it for another day. This story is about something else that resides in the woods. One summer we received reports of vandalism at the abandoned copper mine in Ghost Town. Which is in more of a remote area of the park. There's a trail to the falls that passes by many of the old mine ruins, and abandoned shafts. These are fenced off with signs due to heavy safety and preservation concerns. I was sent to check it out and was surprised to see one of the mine shaft structures pretty badly damaged. The strange thing was it looked like something burst out from the inside of the shaft with rocks and rubble scattered about. As I looked around I made out what appeared to be large footprints in the dirt, leading to the surrounding woods. Once in a while we do get reports of Sasquatch sightings, but they always turn out to be nothing. At the time I had trouble believing this could actually be a Sasquatch but I took pictures of the prints and reported it to my supervisor. Against my better judgment, I followed the footprints to see where they went. But the further I went into the woods, the more obscure they became. I was able to make out some broken branches. Another telltale signs of something lumbering through here. But then I caught a whiff of this horrible stench. Like rotting meat. 
I kept going deeper into the woods and finally came across a carcass of a bear. It looked like it had been dead for only a few days. It was partially eaten but what made me nervous was that the bear was torn apart with a ferocity that I had never seen before. I couldn't imagine what could possibly do that to a bear, but it had to be massive. And powerful. I finally decided it was time to get out of there, as I hustled back to the main trail I was assaulted by another pungent stench. Even worse than the carcass. It was the overwhelming smell of urine, wet dog and sulfur. Then I heard this strange whooping sound nearby. Just thinking about it as I write this sends chills up my spine. It didn't sound like any animal I was familiar with. Something about it was just so primal. I quickened my pace and finally got to the trail in the ruins. I stopped for a moment to catch my breath, but I was suddenly pelted with rocks. And it was coming from somewhere in the trees. But I couldn't see who or what was doing it. I heard that sound again, closer this time. And I took off as fast as I could. Whatever it was, didn't seem to follow me. But it didn't stop until I got back to my truck. I raced to the ranger station and reported everything to my supervisor and showed him the pictures. He listened but didn't say a word. And I couldn't tell if he believed me or not. Together we looked at trail cam footage in that area. And while we didn't see anything definitive, we did see a large figure covered in hair lurking in the foliage. It was too broad and humanoid to be a bear. My supervisor grabbed copies of the pictures from my phone. But then he told me to delete them immediately. I was confused, but he insisted I do it right in front of him. He was serious. And for my own job security I did what I was told. He said not to tell anyone about it for the time being. The next day he calls me into his office and reiterates that that the DNT Parks and Recreation wanted to keep the situation quiet. As they didn't want to scare tourists and visitors unnecessarily. I reminded him of the mutilated bear carcass. And said that it might actually be necessary after all. He just told me that it would be handled, and we were to stay out of it. Camping areas and hiking trails around the falls, the Little Iron River and Lost Creek were temporarily closed. I noticed some military vehicles driving into the area with armed men dressed in camo. At first I thought it was the National Guard. But there were no markings on the vehicles or their uniforms. I tried to follow them but, I was immediately stopped. And told to stay away. A few days later my supervisor informed me that the situation was resolved. Whatever that meant. And the camping areas and hiking trails were reopened. I went back to the old mine ruins. And was surprised to see that the destroyed mine shaft structure had been rebuilt. A bit haphazard but close enough to the way it was before. The creature was never seen again. I don't know what happened to it, but I shudder to think what those or men might have done. Who knows where it actually came from. But maybe it lived in the abandoned mines. I couldn't help but to think, that maybe there were more of them down there. And that one day they could rise up again. That sounds crazy I know. I kept a vigilant watch in that area ever since but, thankfully we haven't had any issues not yet at least. I work the night shift as a park ranger, and I patrol a state park in the south part of the United States. I'm not saying which park. I've been employed as a ranger for 9 years, and have worked as a lead ranger at several parks. I'm also an avid hiker and have experienced many of the natural wonders this country has to offer. Also, I had the fortune of having witnessed the supernatural a few times during my career, once while I was hiking with my family in the early summer but the other all alone, hiking in the winter. Both times in a similar park that I'm currently employed at, but I digress. Let me tell you about what happened to me. It was a few weeks ago, I was working on the night shift. My partner had already come in and gotten off work, so I was all alone. I was patrolling the trails and the grounds as was my usual routine. I had just finished patrolling the main trails and had moved on to the smaller trails located further out of the main area of the park. I was in the gorge area of the park, named for its narrow winding trails that lead from the top of the mountain to the bottom. 
While making my way down to the trail to the bottom, I began to hear an odd noise coming from behind. I could not quite make out what it was at first, but it sounded like a scuffling noise. It was a small trail, and I turned around to see if I could get a look at what was making the noise. I looked behind me and due to the darkness could not see anything. I returned down to the walking trail, and the noise again sounded from behind me. I again turned around, and this time I saw it. A black shadow-like figure walking upright on the trail parallel to me. I was startled by the sight of the figure, and turned around to continue on my way. The noise was again heard behind me, so I turned to get a better look. The figure was still there, but it moved even with me. I could not make out any face or feature of this figure. It was entirely black, no shadows or even staining. I again turned away and began walking in the trail and doing my best to ignore it. The noise again happened behind me, so I turned once more. It was still there, but I could make out this sort of strange figure. However, right near where the shadow was, I saw a separate figure, this one pale and gray. Where I could see its face and make out a few features. It was very disturbing. It looked strange, the skin was a pale gray, and the features looked similar to those of a human but very strange. The mouth was open, and the figure appeared to be making a moaning noise. I stood there staring at this thing for a few seconds with the black shadow figure coming up behind me, and then continued to turn coming down my way. It was no longer standing, it was now crouched down and turned its head to look at me. The grey figure and the trees turned away and disappeared. I knew I was in danger from whatever was happening to me, from the shadowy figure that was following me to the grey humanoid figure watching me through the trees. Something was going on and I knew if I did not exit now, my life was in danger. I quickly turned around and made my way back, unaware that this thing might still be following me. After all, I have no idea what it was I encountered. It could have been paranormal. It could have been alien. I'm not sure. I'm sorry my story is so short but I really am not a good storyteller. So I'll let you summarize this for me. Maybe you can give me some answers as to what I saw and why I was being followed by what. I was at work one day, in the late fall. It was 1995, at a national park in the state of Washington. The name will be redacted for the story. It was late morning around 11. The weather was overcast around 50 or 60 degrees. There wasn't much wind. Work was slow that day and I was alone in the tower monitoring the parking lots of the trailheads. It would be nice to have some distraction, so I decided to radio down to the other rangers at the visitor center, ask them if they wanted to come up to the tower with me. Most just said they would be as soon as they were available. At this point, I decided to just continue my slow patrols of the parking lots, hoping I would run into somebody I could talk to. I went to the northmost parking lot and began walking slowly down the road that ran behind the lot. As I walked, I looked around for cars that looked like they had been parked for a while and trash in the parking lot. As I reached the end, I noticed something on the other side of the road. It was standing just left to the road maybe 50 yards away. I stopped and looked at it, thinking it might be a person that was just getting out of the car, but it didn't move. So I assumed it was a person until I got a better look. I started walking towards it, thinking it may have just been somebody. As I got closer, it just stood there, frozen and then was facing me. It kept its head moving back and forth like it was looking around and I realized this was not a person at all. It was at least 8 feet tall, covered in brown fur that was very long, kind of like that of a sheep or a bear, but the head was white with a pointy snout big round eyes that did not seem to have any visible eyelids. Its arms were like human but they seemed very long and had a lot of muscle and definition to them, even with all the fur. It was standing on two legs like an upright person would but kind of leaning forward on its hands almost. It had a flatter face at least beside the snout, I noticed I didn't have any teeth at least that I saw. I'm not sure what I was looking at. It was very strange, but the most strange thing was its lower body. 
It kind of resembled more like that of a kangaroo because of how its legs were bent backwards towards its butt. I kept thinking to myself I'm either going crazy or somebody is in a very elaborate costume. The more I kept staring at it, I realized that it must be somebody playing a joke, but it looked far too realistic. I was scared at this point and I just stood there looking at it and trying to figure out what it was and what to do. It then looked back at me exactly and I heard a voice. It was one of the other rangers that I had called earlier. He was asking me what I was doing and I told him I had found something out in the far parking lot and wanted him to come take a look. It was then that I heard its voice. It was almost telepathically. It was kind of like a growling sound but more like a series of sounds that sounded more like a language than just a growl. I don't know how to explain it, but it was the most terrifying thing I've ever heard. I turned around and started walking as fast as I could back to the tower. I was halfway there when I looked back and saw this thing was following me. I made it to the tower and got up as fast as I could. It was still standing now in the parking lot. Now I thought I might try and climb over the fence but it did not. I looked back several times and never crossed the road. One of the other rangers came up about a half hour later. I told him what I saw. I'd asked him to go out there with me but he refused. I called the other rangers from other parks, they wouldn't come out either, even though they laughed at me. I still think part of them believed me. I never saw it again after this, but I don't think I could ever face it again. I haven't told my wife about it. She thought I was crazy and does not believe me. I'm not crazy. I do not know what that thing was, but I know I saw it. From that day on, the incident haunted me. I couldn't shake the image of that creature from my mind. I often found myself staring into the woods, wondering if it was still out there, waiting for me. I tried to tell my superiors and colleagues, but they refused to believe me. I was labeled as a delusional old ranger, who had spent too much time alone in the wilderness. I was forced to retire soon after and I've been living in isolation ever since. I know what I saw that day was real and I know that it's still out there. I've heard stories from other people who have encountered similar creatures in the woods, and it's clear that it's not just a figment of my imagination. I can only hope that it never crosses paths with any unsuspecting hiker or camper. But who knows, maybe it already has. My wife and I were avid hikers. This was in 2008, a time where we had just gotten married, and I was in the full height of my park ranger career. We loved the Rocky Mountains, we had also gotten a job in Colorado, so we ended up moving out here to Colorado. We decided to go on a hike on one of our first days here. We went to this place called the Devil's Head Rock Climbing Area, very close to Breckenridge, Colorado. We had gone there and hiked, on our way back it was just before dusk. We were walking back to the car, and I was looking across the valley that we were currently in. I saw something. It was about a mile away. I thought I was seeing things, so I called my wife over, and I was pointing to this thing that I was seeing. She saw too. We both saw it. It was dark, maybe six feet three tall, and skinny. It had scales on its face and a very elongated face, a very long thin neck. It was walking on its legs like a human, but walking across the valley kind of in a jogging motion. Just for a few moments, it disappeared into the woods and was gone. It was almost like it did not want us to follow it. At the time, we thought it was maybe a deer, but we realized deer don't look like this or move like this. It had the features of a windigo. What else could it be? Thanks for your time and take care. I pretty much grew up in the park system and was a ranger for 10 years in a row from the ages of 18 to 28. I am now married and have two children. Also, having a degree in forest management, I know the parks of our nation like the back of my hand. I have worked at every job in the park, including maintenance, construction, enforcement, office duties, and of course management. I consider myself an expert in the outdoors wilderness survival techniques, and tracking. I'm pretty familiar with all the animal, plant, 
and insect species within the park. I'm also an expert in wildlife and a keen observer. I have hiked and camped in the park for years, so I'm very familiar with all the legends and stories people talk about. However, over the years, I've been assigned to work in the mountains and forests of the parks. I was a backcountry ranger and a mountain ranger for several years as well. I've hiked, climbed, and camped almost every day. So back in 1997, I was a mountain ranger at the Grand Canyon. My job was to patrol the south rim from the Desert View area to the South K-Bob Trailhead at the bottom of the canyon. I was patrolling the area from the Hoppy House to the edge of the forest at the top of the rim. The south rim is roughly 10 miles long, and I was assigned to cover the area from the house to the forest. This is an area of roughly 100 square miles of forest and rim. I was on foot, and at a hike between two points. A backcountry patrol is usually a three-day patrol. I would hike in, spend the night, and hike out. I had a map, a compass, and everything else needed for navigation and a radio for communication with the rangers of the Grand Canyon Lodge. At the time, the park had radio repeaters at the top and bottom of the rim so you could talk from the top to the bottom of the canyon. The conversation was by radio repeater and was a continual transmission. If you were up high, you could talk and hear, but if you were down low you cannot hear and talk. The repeater was mounted on the highest part of the rim to ensure the best coverage. The repeater was about up to 20 feet up a tree. I was hiking up the trail by the Grand Canyon Lodge. The weather was warm and sunny. The forest was brimming with wildlife. I was walking in the trail, and I had my radio in hand with my walkie-talkie radio to my ear. I was listening to the radio chatter, and at this point, I noticed something large up in a tree, that what I first thought was a crow. At first glance, I assumed it was a crow, but the size was wrong. The sighting was brief and lasted maybe a second or two, because I thought what the heck is that thing? I looked at the tree, and the crow, or whatever it was and it made a quick but large flight from the top of the tree to the bottom. I had a weird feeling about it. I'm very familiar with the animal, insect, and bird species of this forest, but the animals in this forest have a set of tracks and signs that are unique. This however was much different. This was not a crow, but an animal that flew similar to a crow and I kept thinking what am I watching what is this being? This bird was not a normal sized bird and I have never seen a black bird as big as this in my life easily larger than a condor. I kept hiking up the trail eventually making it to the top of the rim. I stayed up there as long as possible and began to hike down the trail to the bottom of the canyon. The trail down to the bottom of the canyon is a very long and difficult hike. I hiked down several miles in a very long day. There were people ahead of me and several people behind me hiking down the trail. There should have been hikers all over though that day. I always wonder if that creature had something to do with the lack of hikers that day because there weren't near as many as there should have been. I told my supervisor about the strange bird I saw but he couldn't identify it. It always stayed in my mind and I never forget the strange feeling that I had when I saw it. I was always curious about it, I even try to investigate the strange creature, but I could not find any information about it. In the end, I can't say for certain what it was that I saw that day, but I do know that it was not a normal bird, and it remains a mystery to me to this day. It's just a strange encounter that I've had on my many years working as a ranger in the park. But I continue to love and work in the park, I am passionate about my work, and all the experiences I've had in the outdoors, whether they're strange. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jernot have only made my connection to the natural world stronger. I was a park ranger at the Lake Roosevelt National Recreation Area here in Washington State. This park is, I believe, to be the largest in the state, or at least it used to be. My station was in the middle of virtually nowhere. It was our job to patrol the entire park, keeping people out of closed, hazardous zones and checking to see if any campsites were occupied, look for campfires and make sure everybody was obeying all the proper rules. About a mile and a half up the road from my station, there was this red dirt road that led to a closed-off area. It was partially my job to drive up and down this road, make sure nobody had gone on there and stayed off it. Anyway, a lot of times we'd sometimes find wayfaring park visitors camped in this closed area, which is kind of funny because it had a really creepy vibe to it. One day, I was driving up this road and I couldn't shake this uneasy feeling I had. It was like we were being watched. I wasn't easy the previous day too. Two other members of the US Forest Service had been attacked by a black bear. Apparently, it was the only black bear that had been seen in this area for years, so the officials were worried that I was going to be ill or injured. Anyway, I was driving up this road, the only person in the vehicle, so I had my windows down and did not have my radio on. I was listening for sounds. I heard a snap, and then a swishing sound, like something big was running through the bush. I saw movement from the corner of my eyes, and I saw a man running into the road and run into the forest on the other side. And I realized it was a man, but it wasn't a man. This human was naked, had pale white skin, skinny and looked very malnourished. It had crazy stringy hair on its head and it hung down to its neck. His or its eyes were crazy. They were red and bulging out of its head like an insect. Here it ran in front of my car and I nearly hit it. It didn't look at me, it was intent on running into the forest. He was looking up at the trees which made me think he was looking at whatever the hell scared him. I drove up to where he had run into the forest, but I did not see him. I got out of my car, called out him asking if he was alright. I heard no answer and then I saw him crouching down behind a tree hiding. I decided that I needed to leave him alone. I drove back to my station and told the other ranchers about it. Nobody took me seriously, I don't know why. I didn't do anything more, but I just had this bad feeling in the pit of my gut that screamed danger that I should not approach him or do anything to him and if I did, I would be in a whole heaping world of trouble. It's probably a good thing I left him alone. A few weeks later, I saw one of the rangers who had been in the forest and I asked him if he had seen what I'd seen. Apparently, there had been other people in the area who'd reported seeing the same thing I did. A strange pale, naked man, bulging red eyes, a pale rotting skin running. I'm not exactly sure what to make of it myself. Maybe it's a drug addict, maybe it's a mentally ill person, maybe it's not even human. I haven't seen anything weird like this since, but every so often it makes me wonder if there's something more to the world than what we know. That strange encounter has always stayed with me and I couldn't help but wonder about the true nature of the creature I saw that day, whether it was a human suffering from some disease or if it was something else altogether. It's one of the many mysteries that I encountered in my time as a park ranger, and it still remains a mystery to this day. When I was a child somewhere in the late 90s and early 2000s my cousin and I were playing on my swing set out in my backyard. Suddenly, we heard some loud buzzing. I looked up to see what I can only describe as a tarantula, or tarantula looking, I distinctly remember it was big and hairy, spider with big fly-like wings that had landed on the beam that the swing attaches to which was directly above me, about 80 to 100 centimeters away, 
We both screamed our lungs out and quickly ran inside causing a commotion. I have asked my cousin about it a few times in adulthood whether she remembers this or not, she doesn't. However, now that I think about it. That makes sense because she wouldn't have been able to see the spider from her side of the two-seater swing seat we were on. The wing spider was on the side of the beam slash bar facing me. She must have heard the loud buzzing and my fear slash reaction and screamed knowing something was on the swing set. It's frustrating to know what I saw and be the only one who had seen it. I used to ask my uncle who was a scientist about the existence of flying spiders every now and then in my childhood and teens, describing what I had seen. He was interested and I think he believed me but would say there's no known animal of such. This was all before we had the internet or a computer in our household so I couldn't google search or anything. I was also too young to use the internet in general. I only realized within the last few months, I'm 29, the winged spider I had seen was considered a cryptid and wanted to document it on Reddit. I think this encounter is the reason I grew up so interested in the unknown, such as the paranormal. And believe experiencer stories from those who have seen weird creatures like ETs and Bigfoot etc. I am aware that the winged spider I had seen is quite possibly an undiscovered animal species. This occurred in the western Sydney suburbs of northwestern Australia. I decided to go fishing in an inland bay last Sunday. It was probably about 50 degrees out, so I really didn't expect to catch anything. I just like fishing. I made it to the bay around noon and got comfortable on the small public pier. I must have spent about an hour watching wildlife and keeping an eye on my fishing pole before I noticed anything strange. As I stared blankly at the murky bay I noticed something strange in my peripheral. I swore, only a couple meters away, a silhouette standing there. It surprised me, so I snapped my head in that direction. Then it was gone. I'm fascinated by unusual things, so I'm familiar with the shadow person phenomenon. I'm also a fan of the movie, John Dies at the End. And it gave me an idea. I thought that, if it was something real, I might be able to catch it in the corner of my eye before turning slowly to get a better view. I probably spent the next 45 minutes pacing back and forth at the end of the pier, checking my rod for bites and being careful not to look in the direction of where I thought I saw the shadow person. I saw nothing. I eventually got bored and gave up on my ghost hunt. Not much to talk about for a while after that. But, around 3.40, I saw it again. That time I was a bit more prepared. I tried to keep it in my peripheral and slowly turn my attention toward it. It didn't work very well. It seemed to disappear again. I started to look around for things that could explain strange shapes in the corner of my eye. There was a trash can but it was about 4 feet away from where I perceived the anomaly. And I was fully aware of the trash can the entire time. Other than that, there was a fishing line recycling receptacle a little closer to where I saw it. But it was paper white, and the thing I saw was a lot darker in color. And, whatever it was, appeared to be quite a bit taller than the trash can or the line recycling receptacle. So, I tried again. I spent about 20 minutes pacing around on the pier and looking for whatever it could have been in the corner of my eye. I didn't see it again before I decided to pack up. It was getting late and the weather was taking a turn. It looked like rain. So, I packed my things and split. Not far past the pier is a sidewalk. Then, after the sidewalk is a boardwalk that goes over the marsh. The boardwalk is surrounded by tall grass. As I walked o down the boardwalk I noticed something else unusual. The marsh grass near me, and only near me, was bending and moving. None of the tall grass in front of or behind me was moving at all. It wasn't windy at all. I'm fact, the lack of breeze had been bugging me all day. Shy fish seem to bite more often when it's breezy. It makes them feel safer from aerial predators in shallow water. I stopped to investigate. I wanted to see if my mind was playing tricks on me. I can buy my footsteps, on the boardwalk, moving a little as I pass through. 
But the movement in the grass was way too exaggerated. A lot of it moved, not just a little. Anyway, once I stopped walking, the grass took a couple seconds to stop moving. I was definitely intrigued, but I had places to be. I just continued back to my truck. There is a giant mound of dirt in the middle of the public park. Probably turf on top of trash. It was probably a landfill before. But there is a beautiful view of the bay from up there. And walking over the hill is pretty much a short cut back to the parking lot as long as you have the leg strength. So that's the way I decided to go. Once I was on the top of the hill I turned around to take another look at the bay before I left. And, guess what was on the pier? That's right, a shadow person. It was about 200 yards away then. And, being a modern person, I went for the phone in my pocket. But, by the time I got to it, the specter was gone. I'm not saying that any of this is undeniable proof of anything. I'm just saying it was strange. Could have been my mind playing tricks on me, I guess. Hell, half of my platoon witnessed shadow people in Afghanistan. But not me. So I believe things like that are real, but probably relatively rare. I really can't say. I just know what I think I saw the other day. At least it adds a little mystery to my otherwise boring life. So I live in a small town in Utah near Skinwalker Ranch and tonight I woke up at exactly 3 AM and my room was 90 degrees and before I woke up I heard something talking and laughing, so I opened my eyes and saw nothing and I kept hearing a popping sound in my ceiling directly above where my head was, then I got the sudden urge to stick my head out my window and I felt like I was going to die by doing that, but I still did it. Then about 20 minutes after I stuck my head out the window I got an insanely bad headache and I started throwing up. Every time I try to sleep something keeps waking me up and my feet get super hot and it felt like I had my feet over a fire. I don't know what's going on and I just want to go back to sleep but it won't let me. So as a teenager my friends and I used to do all sorts of stupid things to scare each other, or to try and contact spirit slash ghost and whatnot. If we saw it on TV we tried to find it or summon it to say the least, you know the typical just messing around kind of things teenagers do. So one night we are out on my friend's pool deck behind his house. He has this one acre plot behind his place that is a small field. The grass was only grown up maybe a foot because it was just getting into spring and the snow had been gone maybe a month. We were just goofing off out back and he was trying to spook my sister and I that he saw a big foot out back in the field. He said his mom saw it and had this whole elaborate story about how it was just chilling on his garden bench in his yard. After a while he brought us down into the yard, and it was really dark by this time, to show us where he had seen it and to sit in the bench and reenact the way this Bigfoot creature was sitting on this bench. We get down there and he is showing us then we start to hear movement in the grass a little ways out. We were a little spooked because he was trying to scare us with the Bigfoot thing, but we all decided it was probably his cat kit so we started calling to the cat, and the movement stopped. We brushed it off and went back up onto the back deck, and there is his cat at the back sliding door just sitting there watching us. I got a little nervous but they just laughed it off and said it was probably the neighbor's cat which would explain why it didn't come over to us. We sat and chatted for a bit then my sister and I decided we were going to go home because it was getting really late and we didn't want to get in trouble. Just as we are getting up from the patio chairs I noticed something out of the corner of my eye at the grass line near a skinny tree. I froze, seeing as I was already paranoid and I got their attention, at first they didn't see it until it moved and you could see the gleam off its eyes from the deck light. At first my sister thought it was a cat, or a raccoon or something ducking in the grass, but as we all moved more the pick up and go inside, it moved slowly along the grass line. I hurried them to look and there was another one coming out from behind another group of trees, and the one in the foreground of the grass you could tell it wasn't a cat. It was hunched down and didn't have cat-like ears or tail. It did have a tail though, it was thin. 
This thing was the size of a cat though but looked more like a reptile, but not really reptilian either, it's really hard to explain. The closest to a photo I have even seen is this one where there was a couple, I think in a wedding photo, under a tree and the demon was in the tree. It actually reminds me of the popular Jersey Devil photo but not really since mine didn't have ears or wings. I'd love to tell you about an unsettling experience I had about four years ago in the fall. I was born in and still live in Lewisbury, Pennsylvania. My younger years were spent back near the old observatory, around Moores Mountain Road and Observatory Drive. Even then I could sense that that area was a little off. The woods were just not quite right, open fields seemed eerie, the roads never seemed to go the exact places you thought they did. Moore's Mountain Church boasted Spook Hollow which was a logging road that just kinda petered out that reeked of being creepy. But let's get to the present. Most nights than not I will drive down to New Cumberland for a cold beer and some darts and one night in October 2012 was no different. On the return trip, not long after midnight, I was on Route 382 headed east towards Lewisbury. As I was approaching John Brenneman's place up on the right, just before Brenneman Drive, I saw someone walking towards me along the side of the road. True, it was late, but it was rather mild for October so it wasn't out of the question that someone might be walking along the road. What was odd is that he was quite tall, 6 feet 6 or taller, and really, really thin. In the few seconds I was looking at him I noticed that he seemed to be dressed all in black, with black pants, a tight black trench coat, very, very dark skin and short dark hair. He was either limping or having trouble walking. As I debated slowing down, maybe someone had had an accident, he dropped down to all fours and quickly scampered across the road in front of me. He has a face that was, as I said, coal black with a cross between human and canine face. And then, he was gone. When I got home I hadn't really thought much about it but over the next day or two it really started to give me the creeps. I didn't say anything to anyone for a few days then told a few close friends. Being self-employed and fearing derision I was reticent to make much ado about it. Although I have always been an enthusiast of the paranormal, cryptozoology, ghosts and such I have always been a dyed-in-the-wool skeptic. I can't explain what I saw or begin to postulate what it was. I only know I saw it and it creeps me out. So, when I was in high school my friends and I were into really spooky shit that we had no business messing around with. We would visit cemeteries at night, go to our small town's local haunt spots to try to stir up any urban legends, but the story I'm about to tell made us quit cold turkey trying to seek out the paranormal. One night, we were over at our friend's century-old home, I mean it was old and creaky and the perfect setting for a night of Ouija. We brought it out and for the first half hour nothing insane happened. Just some movement from the planchette. Then, feeling smug, I asked the spirits what my middle name was. The thing is, my middle name is literally made up by my parents, it's not a real name. No one in the circle knew let alone could spell my middle name. There was literally no way someone could even guess it. But the board knew. It spelled my middle name perfectly and I could feel my heart fall into my gut. Keep in mind, my hands were not on the planchette so I couldn't have moved it myself. Everyone laughed because what a silly middle name that would be but I had to confess that it was mine and the color drained from everyone's face. All of a sudden, a glass ash tray that was sitting a few feet away on the coffee table split clean in two and we were done. We left the house to go stay somewhere else unfortunately, I have never experienced anything that terrifying again. Tate is a North Welsh for Grandad. So Grandma and Grandad are 9 and Tate, on my dad's side. When I was very young, around 3 to 4 years old, we went to my 9 and Tate's wedding anniversary. It was held in a sort of social club venue in North Wales. All my older cousins and extended family were there, but because they were all a lot older than me, 
I mostly stood next to my mom, pregnant at the time with my younger brother, and my dad. Quick disclaimer, I don't remember a lot of this story now, just bits and bobs, so most of the story is from how my parents retell it. I remember this though, my dad left me sat on top of the bar tabletop to go to the toilet, my mum was talking to nine somewhere else and I was a bit of a daddy's girl at that age, with my older girl cousins looking after me, but mainly speaking to each other. Then, a man who looked like my dad came up to me. I remember he was fat, with grey hair, and slightly shorter than my dad. That's all I recall. The next part is how my dad remembers it. Apparently, when my dad came back, I told him how I met Real Tate. Apparently, Real Tate had had a long conversation with me, asking me about what flavor ice cream I chose to eat, there was ice cream for young kids to eat instead of this alcoholic dessert which I can't for the life of me remember the name of right now, and that he was adamant to make sure I knew that the Tate I knew of, the one who was celebrating his wedding anniversary with my nine, was not my real Tate, he was. The next thing I remember is being in the car with my parents asking me lots of questions about it, like specifics about his appearance, what was said exactly, etc. The thing is, my dad's dad died of a stroke when he was 17. I never knew him, my dad had me when he was 43. There were no photos of him at my nine's house, and my nine was married to my step Tate for far longer than she had been married to real Tate. Essentially, there is no way I would have known at that age that who I called Tate was not my blood relative. My dad is adamant that he never mentioned it in passing to me at all. The general consensus amongst all my family members is that real Tate came to visit me to let me know that my Tate is not my blood relative, which has to be the most petty beyond the grave visit ever. My name is Julia. I've scoured the internet to get some answers but can't seem to find anything and I'm really hoping that someone here might have some more information about this. It happened for the first time around the age of 15 or 16 and then once again when I was 21. The first time it occurred I was outdoors, the second time indoors, this will be important to the story. The first time I was with a friend, hanging out in a wooded area. I'm not sure but I'd say it was around 3 to 4 pm either in spring or early autumn, I'm not sure. The sun wasn't setting yet however it wasn't bright outside either, I can remember the sky being grayish. So I remember just hanging out with a friend, and all of the sudden in this spot where the tress were less dense I saw this static like snowish effect right there. It was very subtle, the best way I can describe it is, imagine a mix of snow and white glitter, falling in slow motion with the transparency turned down to 50%. It didn't fall from the sky, it didn't fall to the ground, it didn't come in sweeping from the sides or whatever. It just seemed like this large circular spot in the air where this static slash snow appeared and began to slowly fall and fade towards the edges of the spot where it appeared. I asked my friend if she was seeing it too and she did. We kinda stood there wondering, not really in shock or anything since it was so subtle and non-threatening, we just really didn't know what to make of it. Since the sky was grey and we were in a wooded area I thought it's probably either moisture evaporating from the ground or falling from the sky or treetops. So to test my theory I went to stand in the spot to check if I could feel or see any moisture on my skin. Absolutely nothing. The air didn't feel more moist than the rest of the area and I didn't notice anything different. At a certain point my and my friend just left cause it was getting late. We never got an explanation, so for years I've just assumed that most likely it was just some strange but natural phenomenon. Fast forward a few years later, I'm attending one of my college classes. I need to describe the layout of the classroom quickly for this part to make sense. There were three vertical rows of tables where two students could be seated per table. Facing the left row, from my POV, was the teacher's table. My friend and I were seated at the first table of the right row. I had the seat at the right side of the table, my friend at the left side, meaning that whenever I looked at the teacher I could inevitably see my friend in the left corner of my sight. Lamau excuse me if this sound way more complicated than it is, 
I don't know how to attach photos to posts, I will attach a sketch later to visually show the layout. Anyways, we are sitting in class, I think we had an assignment or something that included reading and writing. Me and my friend had already finished whatever we were doing and were kinda waiting in silence for the rest of the class to finish. There was not much to do except just sit and look around. And in this boring and dull moment of waiting, all of the sudden, there it was again. This time I freaking froze. It appeared at the upper right corner corner of the room, above the teacher, kind of right below the ceiling. Since we were inside I could approximate its size better by comparing it to the walls slash windows etc and I'd say it was around the size of a sphere with a diameter of 40 to 50 centimeters, 16 to 20 inches. The reason I froze was because, 1. My whole theory from years ago about this being evaporation or whatever natural phenomenon went straight out of the window. 2. Speaking of windows, none of them were open in the classroom so nothing like dust or whatever could have flown into the room. 3. By looking at this static snow thing, because of my placement in the room I could also see my friend at the same time. I saw his eyes widen and him staring at the same corner of the room, without him knowing I saw it too since he was slightly turned away from me, and so instantly I knew that he saw the same thing. A few moments later he turned to me and I just nodded to him to let him know that he's not the only one seeing this. He just went back to staring at it. Mind you, this is a different person than the friend from the first story. Since most people were still writing or reading with their heads down I'm not sure if anyone else in that classroom had seen it too. The teacher didn't notice anything either, fair enough though since it was right above her. At a certain point the phenomenon just kinda faded away. And for I second I need to interject, because as I'm writing all of this I realize that it sounds like a bad science fiction story written by a 5 years old lol. It's one of those stories that I probably wouldn't believe if I heard it from a stranger, but because I witnessed it myself and with other people I know it's real. Back to the story, the class was over at some point and me and my friend went through every possibility we could think of that might have caused it. Everything was a dead end. There were no vents near the spot where the thing appeared, all of the windows were closed, we didn't see the static snow seeping or falling from a certain spot, it wasn't smoke, it didn't rise from a certain point and smoke is much denser and turns things behind it opaque, this phenomenon is really more like very transparent glittery static snow. It's not a projection since it is depth in it, that's why I keep describing it more like a sphere than a circle, it's 3D. I walk outside, it's the kind of dark when it's too early for morning still, but too late for night and it's freakishly quiet outside. I thought nothing of it at the time. Our trash cans were located on the side of the house in the backyard, halfway to the gate. If you stood at the side of my house looking towards the gate, you would see a hedge to the left of the gate that goes up to your waist. Across the street is another house with a driveway light installed. The light gives off that blaring white security light. Anyway I get to the trash can to throw away the junk, when I look over towards the gate, that's when I saw it, whatever it was. I could only see the outline of it because the blaring white security light was in my eyes, but it was the most smooth and round head I've seen, which connected to very slouched shoulders. At first I didn't know what I was looking at, just an odd shape the same height of the hedges. It wasn't until it moved silently and slowly towards the bottom of the hedge into the neighbor's yard that I saw it looked headish. I was 14 at the time, and just stood there, waiting for more movement or sound. After about one minute, yea I waited, of not hearing anything, I stepped backwards until I was able to sprint back towards the kitchen door. I don't know what it was, or why it moved so silently but it wasn't much longer before we moved out of that house due to strange things. But that's a story for another time, or at least another post. So to start off I grew up on a small farm surrounded by forest. It's a small town below a major city in Appalachia. 
The first incident with this entity was probably when I was maybe 8 to 10, so 10 to 13 years ago. I was in my bedroom at home listening to music and playing. My window was open and it was evening, getting dark but I could still see outside. I noticed my dad walking by the window, stone-faced. I was going to say hello to him but decided not to. Later I mentioned to my mom that I saw dad pass my window. She informs me that my dad wasn't home and anyway my window was too high up for my dad to have been at that height. Mom decides it was probably a bear. We had a lot of hunting dogs that very often would freak out over nothing but at the time of seeing what I thought was my dad they weren't upset. I've mentioned this to my significant other before and my friends and I were talking about our strangest moments and significant other tells me to tell them that story, but then tells me he saw something similar when we were visiting my dad and his peripherals. He said it looked like a very tall person but didn't see specific details but that it walked past the large kitchen window. He meant to tell me earlier, but honestly forgot. It's really weird and I'm not sure what else to think about it but since my significant other told me he saw it too I've been trying to research what it might be. I've also just felt creeped out at the thought of going to my dad's again. I've had other weird experiences that I'm not sure what to think of such as going hiking and finding small shacks in the middle of the woods, that are my dad's property, then not finding them again, and my mother calling me from outside while I walked playing and telling me she heard screaming thinking it was me and couldn't see me in the yard and thought a wild animal could have grabbed me. Not sure if they're related but figured I'd add that.